0: Hello and welcome to a special Saturday edition of the Haskin Cast Podcast. I thought it would be uh, interesting to talk a little bit about one of my holiday projects that I'm very, very proud of. I don't really talk a lot about myself on the show, except for what comes out sort of a natural conversation flow. Uh, But I thought from time to time, it might be nice to do that, especially uh, with a a project this specific, since it is uh, the holiday season. Of course, if you're listening to this in uh, July, then it is not the holiday season, but uh, it still could be interesting just the same. So this, uh, this podcast is going to be about my third Mental Sauna album, Mental Sauna 3 Christmas Inflections. Uh, I'll tell you how it started. I won. Uh, I beat, I think it was 25,000 or so entries, uh, just a random drawing uh, from Disc Makers who is a wonderful CD pressing company. And uh, they had a prize package that uh, they partnered with Ibanez and Tama drums. And I won a seven string guitar and a four string bass and a five piece standard uh, Tama entry line drum set. And it was it was a huge thing. I mean, when I got the email, uh, the first thing that it said was, this is not a joke, to which I immediately thought it was a joke. But I contacted them back and forth, verified, yes, it was indeed. I did win. And I was very excited about that. So the other part of the prize package was that I got a deal with CD Baby to do pro distribution and also a 500 disc uh, pressing. And, uh, you know, I don't really press a lot of CDs because I don't play out and without playing out, you really have less avenues. I think people that buy on the internet are more likely to download. So I don't really press a whole lot of CDs. If I do, I do small runs, um, because mostly it's, it's a uh, digital downloading. I'm more likely to do like a download card that I can give to somebody or, or send to somebody. Um, so it was kind of exciting. And, uh, Kelly, uh, my, my graphic artist, Kelly Kinkart did an, absolutely stunning album cover for this it's one of my favorites and uh it was it was something that she got very quickly uh the the basic idea and we went over a couple different things but she nailed it almost right off the bat as she always does so i was very excited um to win the package and i thought okay well well you know when i first won i thought well what am i going to do for an album? And I remember I was talking to Dean Ogden about it, and he said I should do a Christmas album. And I had never done one. I mean, I, I have a Christmas song that I wrote years ago that uh, still isn't quite ready for release because I'm doing some updates and changes, and I can't sing very well anymore. So uh, I need to find a good singer for it or really find a way to uh, to get my voice up to par to do the song, because it's, it's a little above my range these days. Uh, but he's he suggested a Christmas album, and I thought, well, yeah, that might be fun. So I grabbed a list of all the current public domain Christmas songs and just kind of went through them and picked out, yeah, I think, you know, I really like this one. I think this, this would be nice in, in, in a mental sauna fashion. And once I had decided on the mental sauna theme uh, as, as uh, the, the driving force of what I was going to do, then everything started to take shape. And I contacted Kelly and she got started on the artwork and I got started on the music. I wanted to do something that had a really warm feeling to it for the holidays. And, you know, when you're working with a lot of digital sounds, it gets really cold. Uh, It it can sound very dry and digital. So I really worked extra hard on warming this sound up to uh, to to make it just kind of that nice you know you're you're sitting at uh, the Christmas table and everything's lit by candles and Christmas lights and you know there's really nothing bright it's just warm and and cozy uh, and so uh, that's the sound that I had worked towards to get the album done and I think I want to say I started production in June or July of 2015 so it was shortly after I moved here to Vegas that I had won the contest and uh, just started knocking one song after another off of the list and really uh, didn't move on to the next song until I thought the first one or the one I was working on was right and had that right feel. There, there were very few changes that I made after I had moved on from a song. Um, interestingly, though, as, as the challenges with mental sauna music or really when you're doing anything that's designed for relaxation, is that if, if you're doing it right... If the music is giving you that, uh, that ability to sort of nod off or fall into like a deep trance state for meditation or something like that, um, it becomes very difficult to write. Because as you listen back to a passage to make sure that you played it in a way that you're happy with or that the sounds coming together, uh, it starts to really uh, make you tired or or put you in a sort of uh, zone where you're really not hearing things and you might have to go back and listen to it two or three times. I remember when I was writing Silent Night, uh, I went back and added a part and I think I had to listen to it, I want to say six times, because I kept just either zoning out or falling asleep listening to it. So I thought, well, that's great. The The music is doing its job, but it's the biggest challenge of writing this stuff. And then, of course, once you're done writing it, then you have to mix it. And after you're done mixing it, then you have to master it. So you, you really get to spend a lot of times with these songs, a lot of time with the songs, which is great. But when it's something that is really designed to relax you, it's very, very hard to focus, and uh, you know, especially through all those different phases of the music. Usually what happens is my sleep schedule gets completely completely messed up for about two months before I start to feel a little bit normal again, because, uh, you know, you, you just take these impromptu, involuntary naps, which, uh, you know, like I said, it, it justifies that the music is doing what you want it to do. But at the same time, um, it's, it's presenting a big challenge to completing it. So uh got the album finished and uh, started mixing it, I want to say, uh, sometime in mid, mid to late August and spent about a month mixing it and sent it to Randy, who was one of my first guests on the podcast, and he's got the, the ears that I trust to... To tell me honestly but gently if uh, something is really off or uh, needs work. And he he sent back his notes. It was a couple of days later, and I remember kind of sitting on pins and needles through that time going, Oh, God, how bad is it? What is it he's not wanting to tell me? Uh, but he was just giving it a very, very thorough listen, uh, which I greatly appreciated. And when he came back to me, he said it was probably the best sounding album I had come up with up to that point. So I was really excited, uh, kind of firing on all cylinders, it felt, and uh, started forward towards the release and, uh, you know, put uh, the package together, coupled it with the artwork and then did all the promotion and everything. And uh, I think it came out uh, sometime mid-October is when I released it. And, um, you know, then it got on Amazon and iTunes and all that stuff. And i have gotten some really nice feedback on it. People seem to really enjoy it, which obviously that's the biggest thing for me is that, uh, the things that I create are enjoyed by people that it touches them in, in one way or another. And I hope it's one of those albums that they just kind of want to bring out every year and put on while they're decorating or while they're having a Christmas dinner or a Christmas Eve dinner, whatever the case and uh, just kind of fill their room with that sort of, uh, you know, warm holiday embrace which is really what I was going for. So uh, I'm really pleased with this album. It's one of my favorites. It's one that really kind of sticks with me. I don't listen to my music a whole lot after it's done. Uh, Maybe once or twice a year uh, or every year or two, I'll pull out an album I've done and listen to it. But this is one that I've actually listened to quite a bit over the course of time. And it's one I can listen to and enjoy without picking apart every little bit and think oh you could have done this better or you should have done that or oh you know a harmony here would have been nice so uh yeah it's definitely one that really really uh has stayed with me all this time and so I thought it would be nice to do a little bit of uh of a talk on each song and uh, what challenges there were and what I liked or why I chose it so I'm going to go through each song individually but I definitely wanted to give a big shout out to Kelly for the beautiful album cover uh shout out to Dean for being the uh sort of Uh, voice of reason of what kind of album I should release with this package. And also to Eva Bukovinsky, who uh, played the Duduk on Silent Night, which I'll get to when I get to that song and to Randy for his set of ears. And, uh, you know, letting me know and reassuring me that I had done a decent job with the production side of it Um, from a composition side, from a production side, everything. I, 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 don't think that there's anything I would change, going back and doing this again. I'm I'm very, very happy with everything, which is very rare for me. So it was a a great album to do, and I had a lot of fun with it, and I hope that it's something people will enjoy. And as I speak about each song, I'm going to play it in the background uh, during that talk so you can kind of get the feel for what I'm talking about and uh, hear it a little bit. So uh, the album is available, of course, all over the place. You can stream it on Spotify. You can get it on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, uh, tons of other various places, uh, CD Baby itself. And uh, then all the links are also on my website at www.scotthaskin.com. And let's get into the first song. So I'm sitting here. It's a freezing cold night here in Las Vegas. And, uh, you know, for, for my friends on the East Coast or in Canada or some other places around the world, they would be laughing at how cold I am. Uh, who would probably be here running around in t-shirt and shorts, having a good time. But, you know, when you're acclimated to 118 degrees, uh, you know, 80 degrees starts feeling pretty cool. And uh, I think about, like, growing up in Michigan and what the winters were like and seeing the snow pile up. And uh, it just isn't the same living in this part of the country. uh, the, The Christmas feels a little bit different. And when I started working on this album... It was, I think, 115 degrees the, the day I started working on the first song. So to kind of get in the Christmas spirit, I got on Netflix. I, I pulled every Christmas movie that they had and and just uh, started watching them to kind of get in that spirit a little bit as much as possible. And I darkened the windows and I put on the Christmas lights and, and a scented candle and just really tried to create that, that mood so that I could write it properly. And uh, it's similar to what I do with the Haunted Holidays albums, except uh, I'm not playing nice little Hallmark type Christmas movies. I'm you know. Playing Horrible murderous things. So uh, the first song that I have on the album is "Deck the Halls," and you know all these are, are songs that were favorites throughout the years, and and songs that you know when when I was a kid we would sing Christmas carols before we opened up our presents on Christmas Eve at my grandparents' house. And, uh, and then Christmas Day, we would spend our morning at my house opening presents, and then we would go to my dad's parents' house uh, and spend Christmas afternoon uh, and into the evening with them. And, you know, the, the, the thing is, like now, because I'm, I'm older and I have a lot of memories, but the years just kind of blend one into another. I remember a lot of things. But I don't remember what came from what year. And I don't know if you guys feel the same thing, but it, it for me, it's kind of weird because I remember certain presents or I remember certain dinners or events that happened or songs that we listened to or songs we sang carols to, uh, where we were sitting, things like that. But uh, I, I don't know necessarily which events happened the same year or same day as other events. So it just gets to be a bit of a blur. But Deck the Halls is one that I remember Uh, we did sing before we would open the presents. So we would have dinner and then we would uh, kind of rest for a while and then we would go upstairs and we would sing carols and then we would come down and open presents and uh, then we would go out in the the freezing cold and just hope that we made it home without sliding anywhere because the the roads would be pretty packed with snow uh, late Christmas Eve. So Deck the Halls was uh, was just one of those songs that, that really brings back a lot of those childhood memories. And I think that, that the trouble I had with this one was that I, I have a very specific formula now for mental sauna music. And anything that has a hard striking sound, like a piano or percussion or anything like that, I, I tend to sort of smooth out that strike so that you hear the sound, but you don't have that that strike as much so that when you hear it, it doesn't take you out of the song. If you're relaxing, if you're being lulled into sleep, you can still feel and hear the sound of, of that instrument without having it be a hard hit that kind of wakes you up or takes you out of that zone. And I remember with, with Deck the Halls, for some reason – there was something about that song where it was really difficult for me to find that smoothing point, and I had to go a little further than I had on some of the other songs to really give it that feel without that that hard hit. And I never figured out why it was so different for that song because it's not um, it's not a heavy riff, it's not anything that you know you're you're striking any harder than anything else. But for some reason, there was just something about the way the sound came through. So that was the. The big challenge, and of course, with each of these songs, uh, they're they're not to the traditional arrangement. They have the parts, or some of the parts, but uh, you know, being mental sauna, I had to kind of adapt everything to fit the the mental sauna feel and and the uh, the length of the song. The uh, the arrangement of the song, everything, so that it, it, uh, it kind of worked for that meditative state or, or to lull you into sleep. Without, You want it to, to have the feel and you want it to be recognizable, but you don't want it to be too interesting so that it, it draws too much of your attention and keeps your focus on that. You want it to just be something that kind of floats around you and makes you kind of float with it. So fortunately, I was able to get Duck the Halls to that point and was able to keep it included on the album. second song on the album, Away in a Manger, is a song that I've always found to be a bit of a challenge because I used to have a a bit of a higher register in singing. And, uh, but for some reason, it was one of those songs that I could never really find that right pitch. I would float around it really close, but I could never exactly find it in the range that I used to sing in. So I always found the song a bit difficult. And I was very happy to include it on the album because since it is an instrumental, I didn't have to focus on vocals and worry about, uh, you know, how I sounded or anything. And uh, it was one that actually flowed quite nicely. And I added uh, the saxophone to it because I thought that carried the verse. A little bit more, and uh, yeah, it's it's another one of those uh, classic songs that just feels uh, like Christmas as soon as you hear it, it. It's one that just immediately brings back memories, um, sitting around the tree, opening presents, and uh, you know, putting on the robe and, and uh, opening up the Christmas stocking before my parents got up. Before we went in to open the the presents under the tree, so we would my brother or I would get up first, and we would wake the other one. And then we would wake our parents, but but they wouldn't really get up yet. They needed to kind of wake up and, and warm up to the day where, of course, as kids, we didn't care about sleep. It was the least important thing in the world. So my brother Lee and I would open our Christmas stockings and while they were getting up. And then they would get up and we would go into the living room uh, where the tree was and, and open our presents then. Uh just for some reason, it's one of those songs that just brings back the the memory of Christmas morning, even though we really, I don't really recall whether we listened to music in the morning or not. I'm sure we did. I'm sure we had something on like a a Christmas radio station or something, but I don't really recall that. Um, But uh, yeah, that just brings back those memories. So it was uh, great to be able to add it and not have to worry about uh, how I sang it. The third song on the album Jingle Bells was a song that I actually didn't really care for that much. it seemed to be a bit of a silly song to me growing up, and uh, very repetitive. And you know, once once you get it, you get it, and it's kind of like, okay, can we finish singing this one and move on to another? Nothing against the song; it's it's a perfectly fine song. It's got a, a nice little riff to it, but uh, it was one as a child I didn't really care for. And uh, when I saw it on the, the the list of public domain songs, I chose it because I thought, you know, maybe if I play with it a little bit and look at the song through a different set of eyes or set of ears, I guess, uh, I might find something in it that I didn't see before. So being that, again, I didn't want to do anything that was too up-tempo, anything that was going to draw you away from that lulled state, uh, I, I slowed it down a little bit and, uh, you know, just kind of mellowed it out. And I actually really like this version. It um, helped me to find a new new way to see the song in a way that I liked because it wasn't just that, uh, you know, that, that crazy sleigh ride that the uh, kids are on in the song. And uh, it, was, it was nice to be able to include it. And I have a much greater appreciation now for doing that. And that brings us to the fourth song on the album, Oh Come All Ye Faithful. This song, um, this is one for some reason that reminds me of church. And I don't know um, whether I've ever sang it in church or not. I haven't been to church in many, many years. But when I was a kid, we used to go quite regularly. And uh, I'm not sure if if I actually did sing it there or not. But for some reason, it does remind me of church, and it has that you know wonderful angelic sound to it. And this was a lot of fun to work on, um, just really getting the right feel for it, because it's such a, a beautiful and uh, I hate to use the word epic because that sounds like it's it's huge, like a, a film score. It's really not uh, angelic, I guess would really be the the best way to describe it. And uh, it was really nice. It, it worked beautifully for Mental Sauna. And it just had that sort of just smooth smooth sound to it and uh, this was probably one of the easiest ones for me to do and uh, it was great to be able to put it on the album. The next song that we get to is Joy to the World, and this was a bit of a challenge because I had a hard time finding the right tempo to it. Um, it's it's always been uh, slightly upbeat, and... Uh, I didn't want to stray too far from that, but at the same point, that was just a little too fast for what I do traditionally in mental sauna style. So I did end up slowing it down uh, a bit more than I had originally intended, because anything above that just felt a little bit too fast. But it's a beautiful song. It's very simple. It just moves along forward. It's got a really you know heartwarming feel to it and uh, another great addition for the album. Song six brings us to Old Little Town of Bethlehem. And uh, this is interesting because it, it really has a lot of parts to it. And the transitions were something that I, I really worked hard on here because it's it can get really jumpy from one part to another. But the parts themselves, while they're fairly intricate, are also very simple. And uh, from going from one part to another in this particular arrangement I thought worked the best for mental sauna. It is a little bit repetitive, but again, it's one that, you know, you wouldn't really be Uh, just focusing on it would be something that would just kind of play in the background or play uh, while you're drifting away or letting your mind relax or or having dinner and uh, you don't really notice the intricacy of it but it's probably the the, one of the more intricate songs on the album Uh, but it was one that uh, I really had a, a, a nice time with in fact probably one of my favorites to work on I honestly love each and every song on the album. Otherwise, I, I wouldn't have put it on the album. Um, Jesu Joy of Man's Desiring is, is one of my two favorites. Uh, this song was a real challenge to play because it, it's very awkward to play on a keyboard. The first version that I heard of it was by, uh, I, that I remember hearing, was by Christopher Parkening, played on an acoustic guitar. And then uh, there was a version of it for, I think it was on the, the, uh, the island I can't remember if it was on the original soundtrack or the extended one now, but there's a, a really nice version of there of it there with a choral section. Um, and uh, but I found it really challenging to play, and this probably took me longer than any other song to do because of that. But it was a lot of fun, and it's such a beautiful piece. Once I kind of got it down and I was able to play it on keyboard, um, I just wanted to sit there and play it over and over and over for hours. But you can't make an album of that, so (laughs) when it came to the recording of it uh, and and the arrangement of it, I actually uh, really minimized what what I wanted to do with it because it would have been too... Uh, it would have been too easy to make it too gaudy for the album and too long. So uh, I really think restrained myself on this one, but I'm very happy with the final song. And uh, even weeks after I was done with the album, I would, I would uh, find that I would play it on piano quite often because it was just a, a fun piece to play once you get it. So I hope that you enjoy it as much as I do. This, this one's, uh, while they're all close to my heart, this one's a little bit uh, a little bit more towards the center. hitting the uh, that, the midpoint of the album with Oh Holy Night, I have to say that the challenge on this one was that uh, I used to be a huge fan of South Park. I don't really watch much television or much of anything anymore, but I used to be a huge fan of South Park, and they did a Christmas album, and I think it was in the Christmas special too, where Cartman sang this song. And of course, you know, being Cartman, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of humor and sarcasm and stuff in it, and a lot of off notes and things. But, you know, you kind of can't get that out of your head. And I almost wasn't able to include this song on the album because of that. I was just constantly, you know, hearing Cartman singing it in my head, and it was throwing me off of the playing, and I couldn't find an arrangement that, that I was happy with. And uh, it was probably one of the more challenging songs on the album but in the end i'm very very happy with it i think the transitions are nice i think that the parts are uh you know just where they need to be they just set in that perfect seat where they're not too boring not too uh bright or expressive and uh definitely another one that i was just very very happy to be able to complete and add to the album Song nine, God rest ye merry gentlemen. I actually almost didn't include on the album. This was a really difficult song to warm up and get that that same feeling that I had with the other songs. The the sounds I think that I had had, had uh, originally chosen. Seemed a little bit darker and edgier than I wanted, so I had to work uh, a little bit harder to find some better sounds than the ones that I thought would work, and then uh, to warm it up. I, I actually did a little bit more with this song than some of the other ones to just warm up the sound and, uh, you know, working with some uh, some tape simulators and and uh, tube compressors and things like that to. To really kind of find that uh, candle glow feeling. I think that's the term I really mean, is it to, to feel like the song is, uh, has the warmth of a, of a candle glow. And uh, I, I was really grateful because this was kind of a last minute, uh, let me give it one more shot kind of thing because I really wanted it on the album. And uh, I thought it sat really well between um, uh, Oh Holy Night and uh, The First Noel. And I really didn't want to lose it from that positioning. But, you know, if it, if it was too dark for the album, it didn't carry that same warmth and feel as the rest of the songs, and it just wasn't going to work. So I'm really glad that I didn't give up on it. I'm really glad that I gave it one more shot and was able to find something that, uh, that, that really worked and uh, include it. So that brings us to the first Noel, and this is another one that, uh, you know, the tempo was a real challenge because you don't want to go too slow and have it have it too long and dragged out. But it can be a very poppy song. It can be something that's very up tempo and very um, uh, quick runs on the keyboard uh, to to you know get follow the vocal line. So I, I picked a, a sort of just below mid-range tempo, and uh, I, th- I think it's right about where it needs to be. I don't really think I would change it. I tried even you know one or two uh, beats per second up and down, and neither one of them just sounded right. So I ended up with, with uh, the song as it is, and uh, it does have a, an intricate part to it. There's a lot of playing going on. But at those tempos, it it, uh, becomes non-distracting and really just kind of flows a little bit more than anything else. And again, this is one that I had to really roll off some of the attack and and, uh, kind of give it a little bit more warmth. So uh, another challenging song, but once again, another one that I'm very happy with. It's uh, it's a beautiful song, and I was very grateful that uh, I didn't have to cut it. Song 11, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, is another one that almost got ruined by South Park. Uh, There's a version that Chef sings, uh, which of course turns into a song about making love. But uh, this one, uh, you know, it was another one that I really had a hard time getting that out of my head. And uh, I I was able, I I don't know exactly how I got past it, but I just, you know, stuck with it. My butt was in the chair, my hands were on the keys, and just kept uh kept playing and and working through it this i believe this is the one that took me the the longest or the second longest i think to uh to complete because again you know the the mental distraction of hearing another version of it made it really difficult to keep perspective on the version that i was trying to create and uh but i i feel i was able to overcome it and another song that made it into the lineup and uh, helps really helps move the album along, I think, and I think that uh, the album would have been somewhat empty had I not been able to include it. It Came Upon a Midnight Clear is another one of my favorites, and this was probably the easiest to convert uh, for mental sauna. This one, uh, it really just lends itself to a sort of long, gentle passage with simple transitions, and it it, it just has such a beautiful lyric to it and uh, a a beautiful flow on on the piano, and it's one that I definitely treasure. This, This is another one that kind of reminds me of, uh, of Christmas Eve, for some reason, there was one particular year where we were waiting for my dad to get home from work, and then he you know we were all ready and I used to sit uh, on the floor in my bedroom and I had red Christmas lights. I remember that uh, and in this one particular year, uh, when I was doing martial arts, i I just spent the whole night stretching. I was playing uh, Deep Purple records I remember I was playing the third deep purple album, which was self titled and uh, songs like Mandra- or songs like uh, Bird is flown." And uh, why didn't Rosemary and and, uh, Chasing Shadows. And this is one of those memories that's very, very vivid. And I want to say that I was 14, probably 14 years old and, uh, just waiting to go to my grandparents' house for Christmas Eve. And of course my dad worked retail, so, uh, it was always, uh, you know, he had to, to close the store and waiting for him to get home, uh, so that we could go over for Christmas dinner. And of course we're excited about, you know, what's it going to be like. And my grandma always put on this wonderful dinner spread and then, uh, you know, let's get through the carols so we can get to presents. And, um, So yeah, so I remember sitting there in my martial arts uniform, and I just sat there for hours stretching and stretching and and trying to get to the point where I could actually bend and touch my knees with my forehead, because by that point, you know, my muscles were a little tighter, and I I couldn't do that so easily. I did eventually make it, though, so I was very happy about that. But uh, this one particular year, uh, my dad got home, and then he had parked on the... um, the The bit of the street between the the sidewalk and the street in Michigan, we had uh, our yard and then the sidewalk and then another bit of uh, state owned property and then the the street and I think he had parked there because we were going to take the other car to my grandparents, and that car ended up getting stuck in the snow, so he had to put some uh, some cardboard or wood or something under the tires. but I remember just sitting in the back seat and being worried that we weren't able to actually get anywhere because the other car got stuck in the in the the uh, snow on the embankment. And, uh, but eventually he got us out and we were able to get there. And, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was definitely one of those interesting ones, but, but that's kind of the feel that I wanted to capture was sitting in my room with the, the red Christmas lights and just that warmth and, and just, you know, pleasant music that made me feel good and doing something that made me feel good. And, uh, you know, just, just waiting for a wonderful night to unfold. So, uh, hopefully that's the feel that I've given all of you with this album and, uh, Yeah, this was definitely a a beautiful song that uh, held some really good memories for it. Now, I I can't say why I associate this song with that night, uh, because I honestly have no clue. But for some reason, I do. And it's something that I I still remember after all these years and uh, grateful to share it with you. Three Kings is another one of those just uh, beautiful, beautiful songs. And uh, for some reason, when I hear the song in my head, I hear it with, a, a you know, the the nice lyrics, but I also hear like a, a third voice in it, which is very deep, almost like uh, Caiaphas from the Jesus Christ Superstar movie soundtrack, uh, something like really, really deep in baritone that uh, kind of supports the other uh, harmonic leads, lead vocals. And, and I don't know if I'd heard a version that was like that or if it's just something that I hear in my head. But uh, this was another really easy song to do. Um, one of the easier ones to convert to the the mental sauna feel. Very simple, very gentle. Moves forward very nicely. Um, the 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 challenge, as I recall, on this one was just stretching it out to making it uh, lengthy enough to to really put on, uh, you know, put in the album. Because the the original version, I was like at a minute or a minute five, I think, and I was like, I, what else do I do with this? But, uh, you know, I worked on it a little bit longer and, and the arrangement was nice, but that, uh, that was probably the only challenge I had with this one. Other than that, it was fairly easy to do. Um, this is another one that I, I just really find a, a nice warmth in, and uh, really happy with. last song to make it to the album, Silent Night, um, this one was a lot of fun, it's it's always been one of my favorites, I, I for one year for Christmas I got a zither, and uh, Silent Night was I think the first song that, because uh, you had these uh, pieces of sheet music that would just slide under it, and it would walk you right through the song, even if you didn't read music, it put the note under the right string, and it was all very linear, so you could just go through and play it, and you just had to feel your own tempo. And uh, so Silent Night has always been uh, one of the the more prominent Christmas songs for me. And um, I was talking to my my friend Eva, who's a film composer, and now she's working on, she's going to film school right now to to direct. And uh, she is a, a fantastic Duduk player. And uh, that's this just beautiful little wind instrument um, that that just has a very ethnic sound to it. And we had talked about her playing on the song, and so I I kind of rearranged it to give passages uh, to open it up a little bit for her to play around. And I didn't write her parts at all. I I, I wrote something and I sent it to her, and, and I'm like, I'm sure you can come up with something better. So I sent her a clean version and just gave her the space to play. And she was brilliant. She played just beautifully. And she sent me, uh, I think, two or three different choices for each part of, of styles that she came up with. And so I, I picked and choosed. And uh, I think uh, just about everything I picked was the second version, uh, which is very common because the first version, you're, like, just kind of getting the feel for it. And then by the second version, you're, you're able to relax and just feel it a little bit more in play. And uh, loved, loved, loved what she did. And so I kept all that on there and uh, re- was really, really happy to partner with her. So uh, along with Jessu Joy of Man's Desiring, this is my other favorite song on the album. Uh, part of it was just because it was such a great experience working with her. And part of it is because her playing is just tremendously beautiful. And part of it is just because I, I love the song. I'm really happy with the arrangements. I did a little bit of extra uh, pads and synthesizer on this one to to kind of thick up, thicken it up a bit. But uh, this was a, a song I'm just, I'm so proud of. And um, I've pitched for a couple of uh, uh, license deals. And, uh, you know, it's it's one that I'm definitely like when, when people ask me what track to play, that's the first one I suggest. So thank you again, Eva, for playing so beautifully on it. It was uh, brilliant work and uh, very, very happy with it. Before I wrap up, there's a couple other things I want to talk about. Um, There was one more song I wanted to include on the album. It's, to me, the ultimate Christmas song. It's the one that, when I used to go into Hallmark to buy my box of Christmas cards to send out, uh, it's, it's the song that I would always hear at Hallmark, and that meant that Christmas had begun. And that would be Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy from Tchaikovsky's The Nutcracker. And it's interesting, and I feel so bad because Tchaikovsky hated this song. He hated the whole Nutcracker, really, but this song in particular he just thought was was rubbish, and uh, I I wish he'd have seen the beauty of it because it's one that that really has stuck with me. It touches my heart, and uh, probably like no other uh, Christmas song does, and it's so ironic because it's the one that I couldn't include on the Christmas album, and here's why. When I was working on the song, I realized how dark the music actually is. I'd never really noticed it before, and no matter what I did with it, no matter what sounds I used, no matter how I played it, what tempo I played it at, it just sounded more like a horror song than anything else. And I thought, boy, this would be a great bit for you know for like a horror soundtrack or or a dark album, and was actually the uh, the sort of catalyst for me creating the haunted Holidays series and so i used uh this the music that i had created for mental sauna three christmas inflections became the music i used on the first haunted holidays album where i did the uh the last dance of the sugared plum fairy little just a, a little twist on the the words there and uh uh, went into a whole different story with that but I thought the music suited that much better because boy it, it just was dark and I thought it's it's probably the, the one song that would really pull you away from that meditative or relaxed state so it, it just didn't belong on the album and so I couldn't include it as much as I wanted to but I did find a, a sad irony to the fact that that's the song that has always defined Christmas for me and the first Christmas album I come out with I can't include it so that was a bit hard Um, Another thing that I wanted to talk about was uh, another idea I had for a song. I can't remember. I think it was the the following year or maybe it was last year, 2017, that it came out. Uh, Yeah, I think it was 2017. I had written up a, a sort of acoustic guitar campfire version of We Three Kings and, uh, you know, having had so much fun working on it on this album to do this version of it, I thought, you know, it would be really fun to just kind of do like a, everybody's sitting around the campfire kind of thing. And, uh, and then, of course, you know, that wasn't exactly the way it ended. I put a little bit of timpani in there. And if, there, if there's ever been a timpani at a campfire, I'd love to know how that happened. You know, that's not just the kind of thing that you drag around with you everywhere you go, unless you're a A timpanist, timpaniist, timpanist, I'm not sure what that would be, but a timpani player. Uh, And even they, I'm sure get tired of carrying those things around. Uh, so I did a campfire version of that. Uh, my friend Bruce Vaught, who is a, a fantastic guitar player and songwriter himself, played the acoustic guitar on it. Uh, and then uh, my friend Taryn Emmert uh, added the vocals to it, did an absolutely beautiful job. She went into a studio and cut it in uh, in about an hour and sent me uh, several different vocal choices, and uh, so I had to pick and choose between those, but was very, very happy with her performances, really gave me exactly what I wanted, and she had the perfect voice for that sort of just gypsy campfire kind of feel that I was going through, or going for. And uh, and I had played drums on it, and uh, and bass, uh, actual bass guitar, that's, so that's not samples, and then uh, Bruce did the acoustic, and uh, and she did the vocal, so uh, it's just a very natural song, something that... Uh, almost feels off the cuff which is kind of the idea i wanted to to have that campfire feel so it's just you know a bunch of friends getting together playing a a song and uh you you can almost feel the heat of the campfire while you're listening to it which i i just love the other song that, uh, that I had released. And, uh, the song that I wrote a Christmas wish, uh, I will release one day, uh, again, if, if I can find a way to get my vocals up to snuff or find someone else to sing the song who will be more suited to it than I am at this point. Uh, we'll hopefully release that, uh, next year. We'll see. Um, and it's, uh, it's 2018 by the way that I'm releasing this in case you're listening to this at some point down the road. So hopefully, uh, by Christmas of 2019, I'll have, uh, have my act together on that song. And, uh, you know, so I hope that you guys have enjoyed hearing a little bit more about the album and hearing a little bit of, of the story and, uh, the story of each of the songs. Uh, I am sure there's probably more memories associated with it. I'm just not thinking of right now, but, uh, my, my, cup of cocoa is empty and I've been through all the songs and uh, it's, it's time to call this one a night, but I hope you guys have enjoyed this. I wish you all a safe and wonderful holiday. Wherever you're at, uh, you know' it's a, it's a great time to spend with uh, family or friends or uh, you know doing something that's uh, just kind of a special for you and I'm not typically a, a nostalgic person, but for some time this, for some reason this time of year I do tend to get a little bit nostalgic and think about uh, you know the years gone by and smile at a lot of the memories that I've had because Christmas was always a, a very special thing in my family. And even as we got older and kind of went our separate ways, there's uh, plenty of years where I've spent Christmas alone home, uh, working in the studio, because it's a great day for me to work. You know, everybody's busy with their family dinners or friends or whatever. And a uh, couple years I've, I spent going to a party with some friends here in Vegas uh, that have been kind enough to invite me. Last year, I went down to Arizona and spent that with my brothers. My dad came down. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not so much about what you do, it's that you enjoy whatever it is that you do, and that it uh, maybe is memorable, maybe it has a special significance, whatever you did that day. Uh, you know. I, I'm planning on going to a, a party for a bit this year and then coming home and, and working in the studio on a project I've got planned. Uh, but you never know. I say that every year that I go, I'm, I'm just going to stop by is what I say, and then I end up being the last one to leave. Uh, yeah, except for the people that own the house. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but but that is the plan for this year. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But for you, whatever you're doing, send me a note. I'd love to hear about it and uh, hope that you all have a very Merry Christmas or Happy Holiday or whatever way you want to say it. And let's just talk about that for a second. You know, it's... <sighs> In this world of everybody just being so offended by everything now, I mean, you know, if the if the pillow isn't perfect, that people complain about that, and then they got to be all over Facebook or all over Twitter talking about how horrible their night was because their pillow wasn't fluffed properly. Let's just get this out in the open. Just appreciate the fact that somebody's wishing you well. It doesn't matter if they're talking about Jesus. It doesn't matter if they're talking about happy holidays or Merry Christmas or whatever it is. Just enjoy the fact that somebody cared enough to wish you well, and let's enjoy it. So that being said, have a happy holiday, have a Merry Christmas, have a happy Hanukkah, whatever it is you're celebrating, whatever it is that you believe, whatever it is you feel, just take some time out and enjoy. Uh, Here in America, just about everything is closed on Christmas except for Vegas because we don't stop. Uh, A lot of the stores will be closed, but a lot, of of course, the casinos and the bars and all that are going to be running 24-7. So uh, wherever you are, stay safe. Uh, People get a little crazy on the road, but uh, be safe, enjoy, and thank you very much for listening. I hope that you uh, enjoy the album. Again, it's on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, CD Baby. You can get the links through my website or go to any of those sites directly. Um, As always, uh, and as a holiday gift to me, I would ask you, please give it a star rating. Leave feedback if you like. Uh, If you don't like it, that's fine. Give it an honest rating. Uh, I I don't really like being pandered to. If it's not a five-star album, don't put five stars. If it's three stars, put three. If it's one, put one. But give it a rating. Uh, and that could be on iTunes, that could be on Amazon, those are those are really the two biggest for ratings. Um, so thank you very much for listening. Have a wonderful holiday. And we'll be back Wednesday with our regularly scheduled episode of the Haskin cast podcast.